0: Academy Sports and Outdoors wants everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading to the driving range, prepping for your upcoming hunt, or firing up the grill before the big game, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors, all at the prices that you're going to love. And with the curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, Academy Sports and Outdoors is there to help you have more fun out there. It's an off week, but we
1: still love the dogs and still want to talk about them with you. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward, along with Brent Rollins from UGA sports.com and Pro Football Focus. Where do we go from here? I mean, there's so many questions about the University of Georgia's football team that we will jump into the biggest one, and of course, that being the quarterback. Will Stetson Bennett be under center? I am guessing no. Brent, what say you?
2: All indications are that the shoulder is still a thing, and he's working back. I just don't think you're going to see him, much of him. You might see a little bit of him, but I don't think you're going to see much of him. I think you're going to see at least JT Daniels and possibly Duwan Mathis. I don't know how they're going to do it. I know we talked about last week, whatever you do, have a plan. As long as you can see that there's a defined plan. Personally, I would love it to see Kirby Smart come out in an interview and say, hey, here's our plan. This is what we're going to do, and whoever's playing better, we're going to, that's who we're going to finish with after you know, X series or each get a quarter or whatever that may be. But he's not going to do that. So I think we're going to see a lot of J.T. Daniels finally.
1: Any indication that Carson Beck might get a snap or two?
2: Not that I've seen. Based on how they've progressed from a practice standpoint and who's taking reps with who, I don't know that you're going to see much of that unless you see our normal struggles that we've already seen at the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, this season I, I don't think you're going to see that at least there's not been any indication that that's going to be the case
1: for those that don't know Brent lives in Athens he's got a pretty good little uh, pulse of what's happening at the University of Georgia and of course that's why he writes at UGASports.com take a step backwards if you were to take a look at the Stetson Bennett situation and he did not have the injury to the throwing shoulder do you think you would see him as much, about the same, or less than we have previous?
2: It depends on how the Florida game goes. When he got the hurt shoulder, you were up 14 nothing, feeling pretty good about yourself, having the best start that you could possibly have in that game. If he continues and plays as well and they keep the lead, win that game, then he's the quarterback the rest of the season. He was the guy. But now that your position from a bigger picture is now different, the division is out of the picture, and being in the SEC championship game is out of the picture, and it's now win. In these four games, finish as strong as you can.
1: No doubt. So let's say he was feeling better following the floor. I think that was my question more than anything. He was not hurt after now the Florida game has passed and we've had a week to recover since Missouri got canceled. Going into this weekend, do you think if he wasn't injured, you would see as much of him?
2: That's the million dollar question and one I would almost love to see just in general. The answer to that question is how you look at your program from a big picture, I think. We've seen the floor, we've seen the ceiling, I think, with Stetson. Obviously, as he would get more experience, there's a possibility of a leap. But I still think he is what he is as a quarterback. Thus, I need to see what else is on my roster. I think we also saw enough of DeWan to know that hmm, not right now. He needs more experience, more game experience, more ability to make those mistakes. You know, maybe he gets that over these four games. A whole reassessment of the position and looking at it again. And then also Daniel's health, because it's obviously been an issue up to this point uh, in terms of his ability to get reps, ability to play safely. Who knows exactly because we don't see those practices and we haven't seen him in the game. But it's a fascinating question because when you look at their quarterback situation, going into the season, there was a clear pecking order. Jamie Newman is our guy, grad transfer. We think he's a high-end player, high-level ability, and can go into our system. We have DeWan. If Jamie gets hurt early, DeWan's there as a sort of similar athlete. And then JT coming in and transferring, working his knee back into shape, and then being ready to possibly play if need be mid to late season and then go into the following season with him as sort of the guy at the starting position. And then you have obviously the five star recruit and Brock Vandegrift coming in the following spring, in addition to all the other QBs you have in the room. So that got messed up, obviously, once Newman just opted out and decided, no, not 2020 for me in terms of playing. JT, obviously wasn't ready to play early. Now he evidently, and based on what you're hearing, he evidently is more ready to play and is going to get a look. And it's Going to be fascinating just to see what he can do because he's kind of the great unknown right now.
1: He is one of those anomalies that everybody is trying to figure out the who, what, when, where, why when it comes to Georgia football is what is up with JT Daniels. So I we guess we'll find out that answer this weekend. Before we get to the surprising grades, the quarterback grades for Dewan Mathis, I want to ask you about another guy that has just disappeared completely. I looked him up to make sure he was on the UGA roster before we recorded this, and that is a kid named Austin Kirksey. Remember him? He was from Marietta and then uh, went out to Nevada and now he's back in Athens. and He's still on the roster, but I've not heard that kid's name one time.
2: He's yet to get a snap. He's yet to get a discussion mention. It's not evidently not in the cards. Maybe he was just coming back and be home. Who knows? But yeah, it could be. What is that? He's fifth in the pecking order kind of thing? Yeah. So.
1: One of those things that surprised me, just because he was a, you know, a hometown kid, and it was a very slight splash when he decided to transfer from Nevada to Georgia – and it just occurred to me the other day that his name had not been brought up whatsoever. So uh, I just wondered if you'd heard anything about him. So anyway, let's go to Dewan Mathis. His grade as a quarterback at the University of Georgia, surprisingly or not, is the lowest in all the offensive categories, and the lowest on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Yep. Out of 33 players on the offense who've gotten a snap, his 33.9 overall grade, 30 passing grade, is the lowest on the team, unfortunately. And I think that's why you hear fans, you hear that, hey, why have we not seen JT Daniels in the game because he's been cleared, because he's traveling on the roster? Hey, you're suited up, you're in uniform, why can't you play? You know, because you have Stetson, who's played solid, but obviously has limited Turned the ball over a lot recently. 69.5 passing grade. You've seen Dewan early struggle, not get a chance, but get a chance in the second half of Florida, struggle as well. And then you have this five star, former five star, top five recruit who went to one of the most prestigious high schools in in all of America uh, in California and set passing records galore as a four-year starter there also started as a freshman at USC you just want to see it but I will say this about Daniels and obviously DeJuan has struggled in the passing game and I think he's going to need somewhere and that might not be at Georgia is the interesting thing he's going to need somewhere he can just go play and learn from their mistakes and make mistakes because the ability is there but with Daniels you look at someone who is a freshman at USC, he was a 60% completion, 15 touchdowns in his career, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He has a career passing grade of 61 and a half. The interesting thing about him that makes him intriguing, at least to me, and possibly one of the reasons that you haven't seen him on the field yet is during his time at USC, and that's so that's his entire freshman year, and then the one start he had before he got hurt, he had 29 turnover-worthy plays, which over that time frame was the third most in the entire FBS. So he had a tendency... To put the ball in harm's way, a heavy tendency in which what do we know about Kirby Smart and his philosophy? That's a bad thing. Don't be a turnover machine at the quarterback position. However, though, on the other side of that, he also had 24 what we term big time throws at PFF. Those are our highest graded throws. During that time frame, that's as many as Dwayne Haskins, first round pick. That's as many as Jordan Love, first round pick. And that was three more than Jake Fromm during that same time frame. The highest of high end is there in what we've seen of him. It's the, I'm possibly going to be turning the ball over. So I, I just want to see it. And I think that's what the fan's perspective is more than anything is, just, let's just see it because we've seen a, others and it's not gone so well.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right about that. Folks are just like, if you've got this Corvette and you keep it covered up in the garage, why do you even have it? <laughs> let's see what that Corvette will do, man. Let's take yeah, it for a of spin. spin is exactly right. And I, look, I think we're going to get it this weekend, so we're going to get what we're asking for. It's not always good when fans get exactly what they ask for because they're fans for a reason. But uh, let's stay out
2: practice every day and yeah. seen those things that Absolutely. coaches see on a daily basis, leadership character, all the ancillary things in addition to just playing the position.
1: Now that we've walked through JT, we've walked through DeJuan, we know about Stetson, and we talked even back a little bit, and Kirksey, who would have never in a million years probably should have been brought up, but I did anyway. Let's talk about the other <laughs> high grades on the offensive side of the ball. We'll do the same thing on the defense.
2: Where's their success been for them this year? It's been in the running game. It's been along the offensive line. So those are your highest grades players. Ben Cleveland right now playing at a level that he's not played in his entire career. And the biggest thing for him is his ability to stay on the field. He's played 80% of the offensive snaps. His previous high was last year. He played only 49% of the offensive snaps. So staying healthy and he's been dominant. He leads with a 79.9 overall grade. Second is Kiris Jackson, who stepped up as that number two guy opposite George Pickens. He took advantage of all the att- attention Pickens got early in the year. And seemingly has
1: passed Pickens.
2: At least in terms of play this year, yes. And a lot of it is opportunities. When you you think about just his opportunities, he's gotten way more opportunities. Next is Amir White, who's having his best season as well. You can see that the, the knee issue is no longer an issue. There's explosion there that he has to work on is his ability to continually make people miss. He's kind of in the lower half of the SEC in terms of running backs that forcing missed tackles and yards after contact per attempt. That's sort of the next step for him, uh, but he's obviously playing well and having a good year. The next two players are also offensive linemen, Jamari Sawyer and Justin Schaefer. And when you look at those three linemen, so Cleveland, Sawyer, and Schaefer, those are potentially three players who might not be there next year. Cleveland is a senior, Schaefer's a senior, Now, granted, this year's eligibility is basically non-existent. They could theoretically come back for another year if they wanted to, but I highly doubt that. Sawyer's going to have an interesting decision to make just because he's played well. He hasn't played great, but he's played well. Maybe even in terms of the NFL, maybe out of position, he's probably more of a guard in the, in the in the NFL. Does he look at it and say, hey, I just want to take that opportunity now to be a mid-round pick and go develop somewhere? Or does he want to come back for that that senior season and be the leader, senior leader along the offensive line? Him and Trey Hill basically both have that, that same decision. But those are your highest graded players in the offense. And when you think about what do we say more than anything, offense means more. What's not included in there? Your quarterback's not included in there. Yeah. Uh, you don't have multiple receivers in there like you see at other places
0: Then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth.
1: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
2: Anybody else on the offense? I'd like to see Justin Robinson some. You can get some run at receiver uh, because you're going to lose Demetrius Robinson. I want to see more of Darnell Washington in the passing game, him lined up on the outside, more moving around in the slot some and more being a receiving target just to see what you have there, see what kind of plays he can make. The other thing that's going to be interesting is do you see some of the freshmen, the five-star freshman tackles? You have Broderick Jones and you had Tate Rallage who were top 10, top 15 recruits coming into the season that have now been there all through the fall, are they at the point where they are able to go into the game and play, but you're also possibly working in new and or different quarterbacks. So you want to protect those guys and give – those QBs, the best opportunity to succeed. But you also possibly want to see a little bit what these other guys have. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the freshman tackles, maybe even Cedric Van Pran, some at center, you know, as a freshman gets in and gets some more time.
1: Moving into season number two, and, and I think we've talked about this before, season number two always being the, the the big jump for an offensive coordinator. Do you expect that season number two in the OC position for the Georgia Bulldogs to be a big leap from what we saw this year.
2: One it depends on who's playing quarterback and who you have a quarterback. This quarterback room could look entirely differently in spring than it looks now. Do you get spring ball? I would assume you do now because of the protocols in place and all the other things that are going around. I, th- I think you s- you should be able to get a spring program like you normally have. I mean, to me there's a world where you're looking for another grad transfer, you know, and Stetson's here. Carson Beck might still you know I mean, him still be here who knows what DeJuan Math is going to do who knows what JT Daniels is going to do I, that room what it looks like now versus what it looks like six months from now you got to answer that question first and foremost for your team
1: right but that's part of his deal though is figuring that out
2: yes very much so that's why you get paid right paid the big bucks is to figure those things out and find guys who who can come in and, and work your system and do that and what's the best case scenario for all this the best case scenario is JT Daniels looks if he plays he looks like a player and he looks like someone you can build around and go into next season when you technically are supposed to open with Clemson and feel good about that. And then you still have Stetson as an experienced backup. You still have your five-star recruit, Brock Vandergriff, coming in, and you still have experience along with Beck and possibly even Mathis if they're still there. That's sort of best case scenario. Someone elevates themselves over these next four games and says, hey, I'm the guy. Because we haven't seen that yet.
1: Taking the bull by the horns. No one's grabbed the reins and said, I'm the guy. That's exactly right. Maybe it's wishful thinking. I have to think that year two will look better than year one with Todd Bunkin just because of having some of the things that you mentioned, having a spring, having practice, and then it being year two. So it's almost like we got a mulligan out of this year a little bit.
2: A little bit, yes. But you had chances to to win the games that you just couldn't do that in the two big games that you had. But I do think it will be better. You're going to see a more consistent offense in year two. You would hope so. The biggest thing you're going to see, look at the receiver room. As much as anything, Pickens, another year of experience and hopefully healthy. Jermaine Burton, another year of experience. Rosemary Jackson, who was coming on and looking more and more really like good. a player every game, gets his foot healthy, another year of experience. And then also, you know, we might see Arian Smith a little bit over these last four games, who I think traveled to the Florida game. You know, big-time recruit, high-end speed, track star. You know was on a national level 4-by-1 team with Matthew Bowling. That's another player that maybe, hey, ooh, we got something here. We can build on that and move forward with all kinds of playmakers. Still still have Washington uh, at tight end. I think that will be the foundation. It's just obviously finding that trigger man.
1: We'll get to the depth chart in a minute and who we want to see play for the remaining games of the season leading into next season. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's finish with the highest grades on the defensive side of the ball.
2: On the defensive side of the ball, the, the most interesting one is the highest graded player is someone who doesn't play a lot but when he plays he's insanely effective and that's adam anderson he's only played 74 snaps he's only played 281 snaps in his career wow and obviously because he's mostly looked at as a third down pass rush specialist you know speaking of depth chart that is the biggest thing i think over the next four games that i would love to see is him more in the game on early downs, just because you want to see if he can because he's not necessarily gotten a lot of opportunities to do that he's traditionally just comes in as the an, another edge guy or even some inside backer you know, as a blitzer on third downs I want to see if he can do more because guess what? The best teams pass a lot on first and second down, and especially this week against Mississippi State. They're going to pass it
1: on every down.
2: First, second, third, fourth, any down that they <laughs> yeah, get, they're going to be right. throwing the
1: ball. <laughs> that's right. And there's nothing that leads me to believe when I see Adam Anderson play that he couldn't be an every down kind of player.
2: Well, I think a lot of it is just scheme fit with him. Georgia just traditionally has one – edge defender that's more of a pass rush also that can also defend the run, the jack position as they call it. They have one in the game most of the time. It's not until third down that they bring multiple in the game. And I think it's their preference. They want someone in the way they think about defense. We need to stop the run, especially on the early downs. The 6'6", 225 guy is not necessarily physically equipped to do that. Well, guess what? You don't know if you don't see it. Now, granted, they see it all the time in practice, but still yet, there's possibilities for him to be used in other ways, especially maybe even an inside linebacker because of his speed. And if you got him, hey, go blitz, go do something. It's going to be interesting to see if we see more of him over these next four games.
1: Of course, we're cheering for Georgia to win, but we're having to keep our emotions in check and say, OK, what is it that we're looking for for next year? It's, it sounds like a Cubs fan a little bit. We have, there's always next yes. year. For so many years, they've won a World Series since. But for a long time, it was, we'll get them next year. And that's kind of where we are in this with Georgia.
2: And the next highest graded player and one who's played the most with all the highest grade is someone who might not be here next year. And that's Aziz Ojolari. hmm He's taken that leap. He's the highest graded edge defender in the SEC with an 84.6 overall grade. He has 23 quarterback pressures, tied for second in the SEC. So he's kind of taken that leap. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he's third 3 years out. He could t- technically be an NFL, you know, someone who goes goes pro after the season. So his decision will be one that a lot of eyes and a lot of attention will be paid to just because of how well he's played and the ability that he has as a you know 6'3", 245, 250 type player that has really improved his skills as a pass rusher on the edge, his bend, his spin move, his hand usage, all that has improved greatly this year as opposed to uh, last year when he occasionally and was still one of their best pass rushers, but now it's just getting the, to be that on a more consistent basis. The other uh, highest graded defensive players you have Trevon Walker who kind of made waves as a freshman 6'5", 290-pound guy on the kickoff team and coming and sprinting down through there. Hey, he's got to be – if he's – Doing that, he's had some serious athletic ability. He's turned that into more playing time this year. A lot better run defender. I think he's someone, another person like Anderson, who I would love to see more so when early downs and more just PT in general. I think 29 snaps is the most he's had in any game uh, in his career. The next two are the two linebackers. You have Monty Rice and Kobe Dean. And when we look at depth chart type issues, Monty Rice is a senior, somebody who won't be back next year. And Kobe Dean will be Will be sort of your leader of your defense. And what's interesting about Dean, he's a 71 overall grade, stronger grade, 79.2, and run defense. He was a very good coverage player last year as a true freshman. And this year, that's changed greatly. He's allowed 19 catches on 23 targets for 194 yards. His coverage grade dropped down in the mid-50s. So some of the people that compared him to Roquan Smith and look for a Roquan Smith-type leap from the Kobe Dean the offseason, you haven't really got that. Roquan was a 90-plus graded player as a sophomore and junior and just elite of the elite starting in his sophomore year. So you haven't really gotten that leap. Maybe you get that next year
1: with Dean. Man, I'm hoping so. The depth chart, who do we want to see playing the most? You mentioned Adam Anderson. When it comes to the defense, then we'll flip to the offense. Who is it that you're looking for so you can say, okay, this is what we have for next year so we can make a run at a SEC title or maybe even a national championship?
2: Two big names. Obviously, we've already touched on Anderson, but another one for me is former Depending upon where you what service you look at with rivals, I know he's a sort of top five, top ten overall player. But that's Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith's only at this point in six games only played 122 snaps. His projection is interesting to me because he's probably in the 235 to 240 range in terms of build. That's more of a you know Dick Beasley esque build along the edge. Don't label him. him that. <laughs> no, it's it, but in terms of build.
1: It's, I'm it's, kidding.
2: Side and measurables. He's there in that realm. And he's not what a lot of times you see the NFL looking for in terms of the true edge guys where they're 250 to 260 range, bigger, taller even. His body type, his build, we haven't seen a lot of him. When he's in there, he's made plays. He has 12 pressures on 53 pass rush snaps. I want to see more of him. I'd like to see more of him maybe even in different roles, especially when you look at projecting him to the NFL and where he might play in the NFL. I think he could be an inside linebacker in the NFL, and that's just me watching him personally. But that's one player. The other part is obviously when we mentioned the highest graded players, we didn't necessarily mention secondary players. And you have Richard LeCount, Mark Webb, who are both seniors. You have Eric Stokes, who's a redshirt junior, his fourth year in the program. Tyson Campbell, who's been in two or three mock drafts as a first-round type player. That might be four. D.J. Daniels, another, by the way, who, who's a senior that was transferred that hasn't really gotten, has been hurt more so this year. You could four or five possibly defensive backs down, gone, off your roster, looking into next season. And that's an area where, what do we have coming behind that? I mean, you have some players who have gotten experience this year. Tyreek Stevenson, Chris Smith, Major Burns has gotten some run. you have Lewis Seen who looks, by the way, I saw, looks like he's on track possibly to play this weekend. So 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 that's an area where I think you're going to need to see some players go get a series or two. Like Major Burns, we saw him against Florida, miss a tackle, unfortunately, on on a wheel route. Uh, Another is Jalen Kimber, true freshman, cornerback. Those are the kind of players where it'd be awesome just to see those guys get a series or two or even some fourth quarter run in some games where you're in control.
1: You've got to be able to keep this fan base engaged. I think that's important. But then also you gotta keep the players engaged, right? You gotta you gotta see what these guys are made of. Are we gonna be able to finish strong even though our goals are, you know, we're falling short. And that's
2: something that's just such a fascinating question for this year. For this year in 2020, and you're already seeing it at places like Penn State, places like Michigan that had higher expectations that are just struggling out of the gates – and even LSU, Like, how do you finish? What are you made of? How do you motivate as a coach? How do you keep your players engaged? How do you as a player keep yourself motivated? I will say this, tape is always there. Film doesn't lie. If you have someone who has pro aspirations, you better put every ounce of greatness you can on tape. That's a fascinating element to this year.
1: This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward along with Brent Rollins from UGASports.com and ProFootballFocus.com.
2: I think this week's is going to be interesting, too, by the way. They're going to chuck it all over the place. Teams that pass it, you know, what have we seen? It's going to be interesting from a scheme perspective, I think, too.
1: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, that's one that makes me a little nervous. I Hang on. Makes <laughs> me a little nervous. Everything makes me nervous at this point in the season. Very true. I don't feel good about anything when it comes – really, all in all, I don't feel good about anything. But I'm a fan. That's my biggest fault. And I recognize <laughs> it. Like, I know you can look at it objectively because you look at the numbers differently than, than me and most fans watch the game
2: and probably watch the game like a coach.
1: Of course you do. Well, you are a coach. Give me the thing that you feel the best about when it comes to this weekend and then the thing that you're most nervous about when it comes to this weekend.
2: Uh, This weekend, I think you're going to be the more physical team. I think you're going to be able to do what you want to do in the running game, set up your play-action game, and be able to make explosive plays in the passing game if you can complete the passes that are there. We've seen those opportunities be there. Can you complete those passes that are there? Defensively and how they play Mississippi State. Because after Mississippi Mississippi State put 600 yards on LSU in the opening game, it's been a completely different story. And teams have played them completely differently, dropping eight into coverage, rushing only three, making everything be sort of underneath. That's not really Georgia's style. They're more of a press man team and putting pressure on the offense. Will the style mesh with what's worked against Mississippi State over the past few weeks? Will their style then still work independent of that just because of having won better players and, and better scheme? But it's just a fascinating game because guess what you're going to have to do over, over the long haul and over the next few years is you're going to have to beat teams that throw it all over the yard. This is a great test. Play someone who's going to pass the ball a lot. And you know, one of the things that's interesting about Georgia's defense in general, and why has the defense struggled in these games against elite passing offenses? Well, guess what? They don't go against in practice every day.
1: Elite passing offenses.
2: When you don't practice against that, you don't. You haven't seen that. Which obviously Georgia hasn't been that. They've been that at times. The first half of last year, Jake Fromm was on fire. The last half was a completely different story. But over the long haul, they haven't seen that in practice on a daily basis. Maybe you're not necessarily necessarily ready for it so getting more and more reps in the game against teams that are just going to throw it all over the place could be a good thing
1: you can subscribe to ugasports.com and pff.com profootballfocus.com you click and subscribe for Pro Football Focus. the first time this year you can buy college grades some that we've been going through 30 dollars a year or premium starts at 120 at ugasports.com it's 99.95 a year insider information on the team recruiting and all things dogs for uh brent rollins my name is tug cowart we appreciate you listening Make sure you like and subscribe to Bulldogs by the Numbers wherever you get your podcast. Go dogs! Thanks, Brent.
0: Share that stuff. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at Gwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth.
1: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.